Hey, how y'all doing? It's Bryce Baker, and y'all listening to the Monarchist Basketball Show. I'm Aaron. And I'm Mike. And you're listening to the Monarchist Basketball Show. Before our Monarchs head out on the road this week, we've got a great show planned for Monarch Nation. With that being said, welcome to the show, Coach. Thanks, Aaron. Uh, it's always uh, always great to be with uh, you, and, you and Mike. All right, so we're going to have Cooper on the show after the break. Um, Mike and I have had the opportunity to attend, attend a number of practice and get a chance to watch Coop play, but much of Monarch Nation is pretty unfamiliar with him. Can you chat with us for a moment or two about how things are coming along for Coop and how he's developing so far uh, as a player in your system? You know, Coop is just a, he's a terrific young man. He's a great to our basketball team, our program, our family. I was originally approached uh, by a member of the, uh, the, the Boo Williams AAU program uh, about the possibility of, uh, of, of Coop joining, joining our team. Um, and I said, sure, I'll, you know, I'd, I'd love to talk to him. Uh, Coop had already been accepted to, to Old Dominion and decided that he, he, was, he was coming to ODU. Uh, we uh, sat down. Uh, he came on on campus with his parents, and we talked about kind of how we handle walk-on situations, and, and it just seemed to be the right fit. Uh, you know, his parents were excited; he was excited. Uh, and uh, like I said, the the folks at the Boo, uh, with the Boo Williams uh, AAU uh, program had nothing but great things to say. And Coop's a great teammate. He's on time. He's got a smile on his face every day. He works hard uh, and uh, just is, is beloved by, by everybody uh, on the team, in the program. Uh, so, you know, he's just, he, he, he's just terrific. He's, he's exactly what you want to walk on to, to be. Um, and, and he's just, he's there every day working and be rebounded. It might be playing defense. It might be playing offense, but he's going to go out there and, and do his best. Uh, and then the off the court stuff, as I said, outstanding young man, terrific student, uh, everything that, uh, again, that, that you'd want uh, uh, a, a walk on, on to be. That's awesome to hear. In a second, I know Mike's going to get into last week's games, but before we jump to that, is there any any update that you can give Monarch Nation on uh, Emo and kind of what his status is? Well, um, the only thing I can really say is that we're, we're expecting some really good news tomorrow uh, on, on Wednesday. Um, he did uh, uh, kind of clear a hurdle with the, uh, the cardiology, the final cardiology test. It was cardiac uh, MRI. Uh, he had to go to Richmond to, to get it, but that, that uh, uh, passed muster with uh, uh, the, our doctors. Um, and we're just awaiting the results and the, uh, the thumbs up from a test that Emo took on Monday. Um, but, uh, you know, he should be all ready to go. He'll be traveling with us down to uh, South Alabama. Um, and it's hard to say how much he could play. I mean, he's been doing some running. He's been doing some, some shooting workouts and that kind of thing. Um, you know, but he hasn't been allowed to do anything live for, for two weeks. I can't really predict at this point how many minutes or anything like that he, he can play. But, uh, the, you know, the initial uh, feeling um, was, was that, you know, I'm just excited that nothing came up, you know, nothing uh, serious, that there weren't any major problems and he's healthy 
uh, and then we'll we'll figure out the basketball part of it as we move forward. He's got to be getting pretty excited. I know you said that he was fighting you to get in uh, some practice like the day after that other game. So I'm I'm sure he's itching to go whenever the doctors clear him. He 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 called me tonight after everybody got the news and said was was telling me that he wanted to he didn't want to just uh, you know if he wasn't getting reps with the blue team could he play on the scout team just so that he could be out there and I said Emo we'll take that one one day at a time one step at a time uh, you know your conditioning you're you're not going to be able to go the entire practice without a break uh, but that's that's what he wanted and you know I, I think the other thing that that shows. Uh, is, you know, you're, you're talking about a guy with, uh, you know, that's, that's not showing any ego. And it doesn't matter to him if he's, you know, if he's playing on the scout team or on the, the, the blue team, which are the rotational guys. He just wants to get out there on the basketball court and, and compete. On a similar note, how is Ben's wrist recovering? Um, I, Fine, I guess. Uh, you know, it's 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 not they, with his injury. You know, having foot fallen on it, um, there's there's no kind of rehab or treatment that, that he's really receiving. It's just a matter of rest uh, and hoping everything heals heals up fine. Ben's out. You know, he's he's running during practice. He's uh, trying to do some you know some some stuff just with his right hand uh, with with a basketball. But he can't. Uh, he can't do anything live. He can't even use his his. Le- he's not allowed to. He's not supposed to use his left hand to to catch the ball or anything like that. It's it's very limited. But you know he's he's doing everything that he can to uh, uh, be ready when he does get the thumbs up. Now we need to talk about last week's games. Two games since our last show. A one and one record with a solid win against Georgia State. And a loss to Appalachian State. First up, Georgia State, final score of 70-58. First half, you guys shut them down defensively in the paint, holding them to just 29% from the field. They were able to hit five threes, which kept it closer than it felt. The whole game, our offense was clicking, leading to a 58.7% shooting night from the field. That combined with a great night at the line led us to a 12-point win. Pretty dominant performance in the paint where we outscored them by 20 points, 40-20. to And this game kind of felt like a tag team effort from Chauncey and Tyreek. Chauncey took over in the first half, leading to 21 points, and Tyreek scored 24, most of it coming in the second half. What are your thoughts on this game, Coach? I, I think it was perhaps uh, one of, if not the most complete game uh, that we played all year. Um, you, you, you talked about our, our effort defensively. I thought we were, uh, you know, very solid there. Uh, we were good, not great, but good on on the boards. Um, and, and and Chauncey just had uh, an outstanding first half, uh, and then uh, you know Tyreek bounces back in the second half. And, and just catches on fire and, uh, you know, hit some threes, but, but primarily was, you know, getting to the rim, making plays, uh, attacking the basket. Um, you, statistically, you talk about some things that we've, we've been harping on for a while. Um, we did not shoot a ton of mid-range, but the mid-range shots that we shot, we shot a high percentage. Tyreek and, uh, and, and Chauncey, uh, not only got to the rim, but they converted at an extremely 
uh, high high rate there. Um, we we did a, a solid job when we got on the offensive boards of finishing at the rim. Uh, you you mentioned the fact that we shot free throws. All all of those things are things that we've we've been emphasizing, and it just kind of fell into place. Um, I think the one thing that stands out in that game that we were able to do that in, in Saturday's game we didn't. We were able to get to the rim. We were able to turn the corner, get into the lane, uh, and uh, uh, you know get get attempts at the rim. And as I said, we we converted those. Uh, not to jump too far ahead, but in, in Saturday's game, there there, there were no driving lanes. Uh, App State, like Arkansas State, like Coastal Carolina, like Gardner Webb, other times they just they literally just packed the lane. We settled. I think at times. Uh, on uh, uh, early threes, and they were open. You know, it's, it, but if, if we, I've, I've told the guys that if if we were to play, you know, stand around and play horse, I don't know how many, you know, how many games that that we would win. And for us, we we need to attack the paint, kind of force help, and then kick it out. And uh, you got to take you got to take some threes, and we got to make some threes. Uh, it's akin to in in football. Uh, if, if the defense puts eight guys in the box, you know, it's, it's really, really, really hard to run. You can say you want to be dedicated to the run. We can say we want to be dedicated to, you know, to attacking the paint. But if, if they're just taking that away, you know, you got to be able to, to knock down, you know, at least some. It doesn't have to be a great percentage, but at least some of those, those open three-point shots. Uh, and, and I do think that uh, whereas in, in the, the Georgia State game, you know, we, we had it going. We were able to, uh, you know, have a balance from an offensive standpoint. We didn't shoot many threes, but, you know, we knocked down a couple. In the Appalachian State game, I think we saw some frustration uh, when, when we couldn't score, when we weren't making those shots. I think it affected other parts of our game. And that just can't, we can't allow that to happen. When the, the, the ball is not going in, that's when you need to play uh, even harder defensively, even better defensively. Uh, but, uh, uh, you know, give credit to App State. They, they did a great job of controlling the tempo. They dictated kind of how the game was going to be played. And, and, and ultimately, that was a tough loss. That was, uh, you know, the, the first time this year that I felt like we never really had a handle on, on that game at all. Coach, Talking about that Georgia State game and the offense's efficiency, it looked like the spacing was really good in this game. Is there anything you could credit that to? Georgia State is, is a really solid team, so it's not like they play bad defense, but we did move the ball, and Chauncey was the one guy that was able to get going. Um, they couldn't contain him, uh, and and uh, if, if they did you know, try to – you know, really show on ball screens or keep him out of the lane. He made some nice, some nice passes, uh, and and uh, you know was able to get the ball to the open man. But we we moved them around. I think our spacing was good. Uh, we moved them around, and, uh, and and then got Chauncey downhill uh, attacking. And as I said, you know he he made a couple in mid range. He he got a couple layups attacking their bigs, and he got to right to the rim, kind of off two feet and went up. Uh, and, you know, he, he was dominant in that first half. Um, I, I, I may have tired him out. He played, I believe, the entire first half uh, and, and was carrying the load. And I think in the second half, you know, we, we saw him 
I'm sure Georgia State made it a point of emphasis of trying to defend him. I think fatigue also affected him. But uh, fortunately for us, uh, you know, uh, Tyreek came out. I think it was the very first play. He came out and got a bucket, and uh, he, he just kind of had it going. He's had several games like that this, this year uh, where he's just really positive, really aggressive, and seemingly unstoppable. Uh, and, and, you know, we'd, we'd like to bottle that up and, and be able to figure out how to uh, uh, have both of them, but particularly Tyreek, have that mindset all the time. I know that you've mentioned it multiple times on the show and talking about toughness and how physical the league can be. And I know one thing that Mike and I had noticed is, uh, you know, Chauncey certainly doesn't shy away from contact in driving the lane. He had to pick himself up off the floor a number of times. So along with those minutes, I, I think uh, hitting the floor probably tired him out a little bit too, but it was impressive because he went seven for seven from the line in that game. He had a really nice overall performance. Yeah, uh, we're, we're going to see that from Chauncey a, a lot throughout his career. He's just a good player. He's getting better. Even in the, the App State game, he saw some things that, that, that probably he hadn't seen before. He was kind of uh, a little bit off balance, a little bit unsure, but that experience is great for him. Uh, he's learning how to play the point. He's recognizing uh, different things, and while we might show him in practice, we might show him on film, having that opportunity to get out there uh, live and, and, and see those situations, I, I think he'll benefit from that and, 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 and grow and, and get better. So one other thing I noticed last week, really, um, Rico's kind of been struggling all season offensively, but in these two games, when he was able to get started going downhill in space, he was able to make some really athletic plays. Is that something we're going to try to get more of, or what's the thought there? We'll see. This team is, is not a team uh, that can really just pound it inside. We saw that last year with, with Trice and uh, Azikpe. You know, we've done it before with uh, uh, Brandon Stith or, or, or Trey Porter. We don't have those, those same kind of low-post scores now. But you're, you're exactly right about Dorico. He's had some, uh, I, would, I would characterize his eye-opening uh, moves and, and baskets uh, in the last few games. Um, number one, he needs space down there. And if we can, you know, move things around and have good spacing, I, I think that, that definitely helps him. He's a gifted athlete. I mean, my goodness, he can, you know, he can do a lot of things uh, athletically. Uh, it, just with experience in, in, in every day, Jamal Robinson has the bigs down at the end and just we're working on footwork and, and fundamentals and finishing. And, and the finishing part is, is, is the big thing right now, uh, whether it's offensive rebounds, whether it's catching it off, uh, you know, driving and, and dump downs, uh, you know, or whether it's making a, a, a quick move. Um, when we get it to, you know, point blank, We've got to come away with with more. It, again, it's very, it's frustrating. It's deflating if you know you you got essentially an open layup, and and you don't convert. Um, I, I think with Jerico, he's learning um, as as an undersized post guy how to use his balance and strength. Um, it's 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 different than being out on the court, and you can make a move, 
but there's a lot more contact, you know, in, in there, in, in the paint. And, and so you can make a move, but if, if, if getting bumped knocks you off balance and, and you can't finish, right, it, it, it doesn't do you a whole lot of good. So, uh, like I said, Jamal is, is working with uh, Faison and Dorico in particular uh, on, on, on just some of the nuances of, of playing on balance uh, and making a strong move in, in a small space. You don't have lots of space to be, you know, spinning around and pivoting and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but if, if, if you can, you know, stay strong and on balance on a good base and finish, you can be effective. And we've, we've seen that with, with Dorico uh, on, on a handful of occasions lately, and hopefully he can keep, can, you know, continue improving. I, I think the other thing with Dorico is, and hopefully I don't jinx him, he's been really shooting free throws well, and he shoots them well in games, and he's been spending a lot of time uh, in, in, in practice. Uh, and hopefully he can continue that too, because as an offensive rebounder, if, 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 if you're playing strong down there uh, and, and you've got that ball, you're going to get some, some foul opportunities. All right, coach. So I've got two questions. The, the first one is in the app state game, it had a rebound disparity, 27 to 19 um, on the defensive board and 12 to 10 on the offensive side of the house. So, that's that's one if we could talk rebounding a little bit. And then the second one is more of just from a fan's perspective, watching in the stands. When you have a guy like Parkham kind of going off, I mean, he made more threes himself than we did as a team. In those sorts of moments, are there times where you know, guys are just going to make shots and no matter what you throw at them, things are just going to happen or kind of, from a coach's perspective, when you see a guy doing that, what what are you guys thinking? Well, so early on, um, well, let's go to the scouting report first. They had had an, an injury to one of their players, and Markham has been playing not only more minutes, but a very different role for the, the last three games, two games leading up to our contest. And his three-point attempts – had had really gone up to the point where he had attempted 11 in, 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 in the game before, you know, he hadn't shot him anywhere near what he shot against us. Right. So you look at the stats and you say, okay, this guy is capable, but you know, he's not, I mean, the, the entire year, he's not hitting it at, at that kind of rate. Um, App State didn't do anything uh, different than what we thought that they would do. Um, you know, uh, who was it? Dennis Green. They are who we think they are. Um, but he was knocking them down. And after the first three, and then, you know, the fourth one. And, and so in the first half, he hit one, and one of our guys was guarding him and just had their hands down. It's like, you can't do that to, to a good player. We, we don't get to him on, on another one. You know, but so, so the first couple, okay. He hit, hit some deep shots. We had a hand up. But, but then, um, you know, later on in the game, you, you got to do something. As a basketball player, you got to know this guy's already hit, you know, five, five threes. I'm not going to let him have it. I, I'm going to make him dribble the ball. I'm going to do something, right? I'm, I'm not going to play defense with my feet on the three-point line or my heels on the three-point line. I've got to guard. He's, he's having one of those nights. I've got to guard him further out than, than we normally would guard somebody. Um, and I don't think we, we made that adjustment uh, mentally out there on the court. We talked about it, 
but uh, again, when when we were able to try to make a run, it seemed like he kept shutting the door with a big three deep uh, with uh, with the shot clock going down. And you know, you, we we just have to be better and smarter. You got to recognize it's, it's it's about understanding situational basketball. That you know you you, you can't make him dribble it, do, make him do something. But right now he was feeling it, and he had a heck of a game. Like I say, they they they. They were well coached. They were they they played tough. Uh, they controlled the tempo. Some of the things Donovan Gregory was a leading scorer coming in. We kept we held him to two two for five. That was one of our primary things. So you know they adapted. They figured it out. But they took away our driving lanes, um, and and you know we settled for some quick threes. You got to knock some shots down. Um, and then when we did get inside, we didn't convert as at, at, at his higher rate. Um, and, and then you, you, you mentioned the, uh, uh, the rebounding disparity. That's been a, um, uh, a concerning trend that we've, we, we've had for a couple games here. We did a better job against Georgia State. We battled against Marshall. I think we lost that rebound battle by two. They're the top rebounding team in, in the league, so that's probably not the worst thing there. Uh, but the game before that, uh, uh, Coastal, um, you know, they really hurt us on the offensive board. So we've we've been talking about it. We've watched film. We've done some, you know, old school beat up on one another, rebounding situations. We've got to do a better job on 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 our boards, uh, particularly on our defensive boards. Um, not only is that part of defense. Uh, but that uh, allows us to get uh, out in transition. And that throughout the year has, has been uh, good to us, getting some fast break points, getting some easy baskets so that we're not always in that, that the half court. All right, Coach. We're going to move on to this week's games. First up, South Alabama and Mobile, Alabama. Thursday night at 8 o'clock. Uh, the Jaguars are eight and twelve on the season, two and six in conference play, and are on a three-game losing streak after beating JMU. I know, looking at their non-conference schedule, they probably played one of the best non-conference schedules in the league. I'm not sure if all of those tough games have kind of put them in a spiral or what. But what can fans expect from South Alabama on Thursday? It's going to be a hard-fought game defensively. They they try to get after you. They've got a shot blocker in the middle, of uh, uh, Samuels, who uh, started out at, at TCU. Then he transferred to Florida Gulf. What is it? Florida Gulf. Gulf Coast. Florida Gulf Coast. Uh, where he was the, that league's uh, uh, defensive player of the year. Uh, he's, he's a he's a double-double for them. He's averaging about 10 and 10. Um, and, and he's a very, very good shot blocker. He's He's a mountain of, of a guy. I mean, he's 7'1", 260. I'm guessing he's probably more than 260. Not running around a whole lot, but if, if, you know, if he's around the basket, he's really effective, whether it's offensively or defensively. So that, that makes getting to the rim, you know, that, that, that will add a, a, a different dynamic to it. Um, offensively, they're, they're led by Isaiah Moore, who's their, their point guard. He's only made – something like four threes on the year. 
but he is great at, at kind of backing guys down and going one way and reversing and going the other and pivoting and stepping through and scoring basically from seven feet and in, 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 in. I mean, it's a, he's got a very unusual game, but it works for him. So we'll have to do, he's averaging about 15 a game. Uh, Parham and, and, and Jones, the two wings, you know, are, are, are capable shooters. Jones actually uh, went for uh, 24, 25 points in their last outing. Uh, you know, kind of his career high. He he hadn't been uh, you know scoring like that, but he had that that big outing uh, and just kind of showed what what he can do. A couple other guys, uh, uh, their their foreman is a lefty by the name of White, uh, and, and he can shoot the three, but he's also a rugged offensive rebounder. Uh, and then there's uh, another six eight forward that uh, basically. I mean, he, he shoots threes. That's what he does. Uh, 80% of his shots come from behind the, the, the three-point line. They present different problems, um, but playing at home, uh, obviously, uh, like us, you know, they desperately need a win. So we, we fully expect it's going to be it's going to be a battle uh, and, a, and a really, really, really tough contest. All right. And Saturday afternoon at 4 o'clock, uh, you'll get, uh, we'll be in Conway, South Carolina, to play Coastal. They're ten and ten overall, four and four in the conference. Uh, we have a chance to get a bad taste out of our mouth with this one. Um, what are your thoughts on this one? I know you guys don't look too far out, but yeah, you say we got a chance chance to get a bad taste. Uh, that that bad taste is still going to be there regardless. We do, we will have an opportunity to to get another road win. That you know, at this point in the season. Uh, for for anyone in the conference, but especially for us to, you know, to to find a way to get a road win, uh, you know that that would be huge. Uh, we're very familiar having played Coastal uh, already once. Uh, we're familiar with them. We will have been their third game this week. They played uh, Chicago State, maybe I think in a non-conference game. Yes, uh, kind of that's right. They played them on Monday. We've got to figure things out and find a way to win on, on Thursday. Then we'll turn our attention to, to Coastal. But we do recognize that it's both an opportunity and a challenge this week, uh, you know, playing on, on the road both games. So, Coach, we played 20 games and have 10 games left in the regular season before the conference tournament. So at this point in the season with 10 left, like kind of what's what's the goal of the coaching staff of – where you want the team to be and is now the time where you're trying to start gaining some momentum and, and putting it all together for the tournament. And what does this last third of the, the season kind of look like? Um, I, you know, I think off the top of my head to, to answer your question would be three things. One would be to get healthy. Two would, would, would be to start playing better consistently, you know, playing our best consistently and the third, quite simply, and, and the biggest of all, is just to win. You start trying to get too smart and, and think about, you know, too many things. The goal is to win. And that's each opportunity. You want to, you know, make the most of every opportunity. You want to win each contest and, and make sure that you pour, you know, you pour yourself in, into every opportunity. So that's that's really uh, what we want out of, out of these guys. I don't want them looking, you know, too hard at the standings. You know, looking at it a little bit and understanding the importance of all these games and still seeing, hey, we got a chance to 
to to really mess things up here. We're not in a great spot now, but we're not that far off. So let's win a game and then see if we can win a second game and uh, and and then you know rest up and then see you know whoever it is next week. Uh, but but you can't start looking down the road. I think you know Ricky Ronnie has been well publicized. You know our uh, our football team, you know, talking about, you know, taking every day at a time, winning every day. Um, you know, that's, uh, it, it's, it's a cliche. Uh, it might be coach speak, but it's, it's, it's pretty damn smart, uh, uh, pretty damn smart philosophy. I think at this point in the season, it probably is that way coach with, uh, you know, the, you always say the next game is the most important. And that's, that's the truth here. It's of getting down to South Alabama and, trying to gain a little bit of momentum to build into the Conway and try to pick up a little bit more, kind of like that snowball of just trying to make it a little bit bigger each time you talk about getting healthy. Um, I know you've got a lot of things that you guys are balancing a lot of, a lot of injuries. You've had a lot of positions that have kind of been impacted by different various sorts of injuries. Fortunately, none of them seem to be really long-term kind of ones. Um, the prognosis kind of look good that over the next month or so that you'll have some of those, those key guys back in your rotation. Yeah, we should have emo back here here pretty soon. Uh, maybe even this week. Yeah, we'll find out as I, I think I mentioned earlier, we'll find out for sure tomorrow. Hopefully Ben won't be out too much longer. Uh, I don't, I don't know how to, you know, to, to really forecast that the, the doctor will have to take a look you know, take a look at the hand and some x-rays and, and figure that one out. Uh, but uh, injuries are, are, you know, they're, they're, they're part of the, part of the nature of the beast. Um, but you, you, you try to obviously limit them as, as, as much as you can. Um, but when they do come up, you try to figure out a way to, uh, to compensate and, you know, the kind of the next guy up and, uh, you know, I, I can't say that injuries don't don't affect a team, uh, whether it's a basketball team or a football team or whatever. You know, but um, but that that's part of it. You know, everybody has potentially has you know those uh, uh, those things, those bumps in the road, and it's how you handle them, how you deal with them that ultimately uh, you know separates the teams. I think. Well, on that note, uh, it feels like a great opportunity. This is a great opportunity for guys on the bench to get more experience and have more opportunities to get used to the game and the flow and get more comfortable in the offense and the defense. I, D'Angelo Steins is, is a great example. Bryce uh, Baker, uh, Jason Wade, uh, all three of those guys with, with Emo and Emo and uh, Ben being out, those guys are getting an opportunity to come in to, to try to help the basketball team. And they're, uh, get an opportunity to play, but they're learning. Uh, and anytime that you can learn, you can gain experience and improve that, that improves the team as, as well. Well, we can't wait to see how you guys play this week. We'll be rooting for you. Thanks for joining us tonight, coach and go Monarchs. Go Monarchs. Thanks fellas. Appreciate it. Big, uh, big, big week, big week for us. We'll definitely right. be watching. Safe travels coach. Thank you. Welcome back, Monarch Nation. Today, we're joined by the Williamsburg, Virginia 6-1 freshman guard, Cooper Jones. Welcome to the show, Coop. Thanks for having me. 
Absolutely, man. Hey, Coop. Thanks for joining us. First off, how is Norfolk and ODU treating you so far? Uh, it's been great. You know, Williamsburg is really not that far from here. So I've been, you know, obviously been able to come to Norfolk. But, you know, I didn't really know first coming here, like, know much about ODU. But me and my family, we would walk the campuses. And, you know, I just really – it felt a great place and great people. There's actually a lot of people I know from uh, where I live, too. So it was a good adjustment. All right. So you just mentioned that you went to high school – in Walsingham Academy, just across the water in Williamsburg, obviously not too far from Norfolk in the campus of Old Dominion. So growing up in the 757, was being a monarch something that you thought about as a kid? How did it become a reality? Um, yeah, well, sadly, I never really thought of growing up to being a monarch. But, you know, when as I got older, I was really, you know, I've noticed an ODU and Someone from Williamsburg, too, uh, he used to play at ODU, Xavier Green. And, um, you know, I've known him a little bit and met him when I was younger. And, you know, he also mentioned some things about ODU and how great it is. And a lot of people around uh, influenced my decision to go there, too. So that's how I became at ODU. And we're very familiar with X. He uh, did a lot of good, a lot of great games at Ted. Oh, yeah, he was a good player. All right, Coop, so... We're about halfway through the season. Well, actually, I guess we're closer to two-thirds through the season before the conference tournament. You've been with the program for a while now. How do you feel about where your game is right now, and where can it go? Uh, I think since being here, uh, mainly my game has um, developed a little bit. I think um, just getting my body right has been the main thing I'm trying to focus on because, you know, Coming out, I was a skinny little kid, and I like to think I've gained a little weight and a little muscle now, and now I'm used to the physicality of the game and, you know, the speed of it as well. We had Bryce on last week, and when he came on, he was talking about he had just gotten what uh, – he had tropical smoothie with uh, – uh, what other two things that he grabbed, Mike, as he was trying to put on weight? Do you remember? Panda Express. And oh, yeah. Subway, I think. He had like the triple dipper. Well, he's my roommate, so we're making those same trips. So, <laughs> yeah. Very nice. Well, okay. Well, I'm going to ask you the same, same question we asked him last week. Uh, last week, this question got a stay of execution. Bryce saved it from retirement. So, I took a look at some of your highlights and some pictures from when you played in high school, and it looks like you wore the number 22. So, as a monarch... Now you're wearing number 30. Is there any significance behind that number? And if so, share that with Monarch Nation. Um, you know, number 30, it just popped out to me. You know, I guess since being a shooter, everyone relates to Steph Curry. But, you know, I guess you could make that relation, that being special. And, you know, but it really – it's a number to me at the end of the day. You just got to put your shoes on and go out on the court and do your thing no matter what number you got on but the ODU part is special for sure that's a yeah, special think, part of the jersey but so Steph wears 30 I think his brother wears 30 and his dad Dell actually wore 30 so that's kind of cool yeah when it comes to that family yeah obviously that um number has some significance to them all right Coop so in a game of one-on-one what is your go-to move Game of one-on-one. 
Um, I think I'm going to hit – I like playing off uh, – oh, man, man, let me think about this. I'm going to – so every time I play one-on-one, I always hit them with a jab to see what they're going to do. But after that, I'm usually step back three. Uh, always try to get a three off. Not big uh, get-to-the-cup type of guy. Rather get three than two. What did I say about that earlier, Mike? He noted that you had a uh, pretty killer step back that reminded him a little bit of Tyreek. Uh, yeah, Tyreek's pretty good with the step back. I don't think I'm up there yet, but I definitely like the use of um, a step back. All right, so you just mentioned rooming with Bryce. So y'all spent a lot of time at the Mitch practicing together. You're on the road a lot, whether it be in a, a charter flight or a bus going somewhere. So you get to know each other really well. Oh, yeah. Is there, is, is there something that you can tell us, a hidden talent, something funny about one of your teammates that Monarch Nation would have no clue about? Oh, I think, I think everyone on the team can agree with this, that Faison being 6'10 is probably one of the best, best dancers on the team. For being his size, he, he can move. He, he got some groove to him, for sure. We're gonna we're gonna have to see that. Yeah, you expert. You would be surprised. Six ten. Yeah, he he definitely grooves. He can groove for sure. Well, thank you for adding that one to the to the memories. I guess because we've been getting the email pretty much all season long. It's good to know that Faison has some dance moves. Yeah. All right, Coop. So, what is your most memorable game so far as a monarch? I think what tops the list is when we played Norfolk State. I think that was a great game. And just how it was great because of the people that showed up, you know, Norfolk State just being up the street, you know, it had some a little bit more to it. And it was just a really good game back and forth on both teams. And we came up on top. So that was great, too. That's been a consistent running theme um, in just about every show, I think, Mike. Would you agree? Yeah, uh, I think everyone likes playing in front of a packed house, and why wouldn't you be? Yeah, it was it was pretty electric. I I have to agree with that. One hundred percent. There's a lot. Of, the fans made it fun to play. That was that was the truth. All right, Coop. Do you have a favorite gym that you've ever had the opportunity to play in? Oh. Hmm. Mm, that's hard. It, it actually, I've. The thing I talked to someone on the team, probably Bryce, that, you know, going to all these places, I mean, Charway is probably one of the best arenas that we've played in so far. I think playing in Charway is really cool. And this is a great stadium. And that may be because of the fans, but I mean, so far, I think we we have the nicest gym by far. There's going to be two that will probably compare in the league, and that's JMU and Georgia State. But yeah. um, considering it's how old the chartway is it's 20 plus years now it's aging quite uh, nicely yeah i i do agree with that all right Coop. now we're going to get to uh, pretty casual questions here so don't take these too seriously they're all fun all right cool what is your restaurant on campus or in norfolk favorite spot on campus or in norfolk 
Ooh. I would I would have to say the Web Center, uh, specifically where Panda Express is, specifically in that area, because you can get your Panda and you can get your smoothie. All right. So if you're going to sit down and watch a basketball movie, which one is it going to be? Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, for me, it's got to be White Man Can't Jump. I think. This, that's my, that's one of my favorite movies of all time. Like not even not even sport related. Just the the jokes in there and having to do with basketball. It just it was just a great movie. One of the funniest too. It it really is. I think oh. we just had a reference the other day when I was at uh, my son's tennis practice of the, about that movie. Uh, uh, we we were uh, having a good laugh. There's some great ones in there. There's some great ones in there. Can't say, yeah, can't say, fun. can't say on the podcast, but there's some great ones in there. <laughs> there, are. yeah, there's definitely a difference in uh, hearing me and listening. Oh yeah. All right, Coop. Favorite thing to do in your free time? I think just relax. For me, just relaxing and listening to music is a great pastime. I like watch a, a lot of TV, whether it's a movie or just TV shows in general. I think that's the best way to relax for me. All right, so we had this question from somebody on uh, uh, one of the social media outlets, and they had said, if you could sit down with any person, past or present, and have a conversation, who would it be and why? Ooh. They can be dead or alive, or they got to be alive? Nope. Anybody, anybody, past or present, dead or alive. Ooh, that's tough. Uh... Ooh, I'm going to say uh, uh, Jennifer Lopez for me. I think I would love to just have dinner with her. Because I like her music. Like, I like Jenny from the block, and I love some of her movies. So it would be great to talk about that type of stuff with her. But, yeah, J-Lo has to, has to be the one for me. We'll take it. All right. Kind of in the same vein, but if, you're, if you could play one-on-one with anyone, dead, alive, who would you pick, and do you win? Ooh, I would have to pick JJ Reddick, and I would definitely win that one-on-one. And a shootout, I would beat him in the shootout too. Whether it was one-on-one or while we're just shooting, I'm winning every time. One of the best shooters in NBA history, and yeah, that's that's good confidence. I like it. Absolutely. So Mike normally asks this question, but uh, I'm going to steal it from him today. Favorite musical artist or band? Oh, uh, um, I would say, of uh, if I had to pick one, oh my goodness, I listen to a lot of music, whether it be hip hop or, you know, give us being, two. Give us all right. I'm going to say Michael Jackson. I gotta listen to him. And then, and then uh, a band called Revolution. It's kind of like a reggae alternative type of music, but oh yeah, we know it. Oh yeah, yeah, I love Revolution. They were in town. I think they might have been in Norfolk like over the summer, and I wanted to go, but I was out of town. I really wanted to go. They're one of my favorite music. Yeah, groups. they're at the they're at the Virginia Beach Amphitheater every summer. Um, I would suggest you go, especially this summer. Because they're playing with Iration. I love and them if too. If you like Revolution, 
Yeah, I love him. Yeah, so that show is just for you, man. It's, it's they put on a great live set. Oh yeah, I don't know who they were. I think they were with someone last year. I can't remember if it was with Steel Pulse or uh, not Steel Pulse. That's right. Yeah, was it was it Steel Pulse no. or the band that it was? They had they had Steel Pulse and they had a couple other bands that played that night, but other than Steel Pulse and them, I don't remember who the other two were. Um, yeah, but this think, summer it's like so. Get tickets, man. You'll you'll have a you'll have a blast. Yeah, I really want want to go. I missed it last year, so I, I probably will go this year. All right, so back to hoops. What is your top personal goal and team goal for this year, and what what will it take for you and the team to get there? A personal goal, I would say, just to keep developing my game and keep getting, you know, faster, stronger, and use, keep developing in my game. Uh, but as a team goal, I would say winning the Sun Belt for sure and then making the tournament. I think that would be super cool. And everyone works very hard. And, you know, you know we're a team that is willing to do whatever to get there and win. So I think we just need to keep doing what we're doing and fix the little things and you know with the advice of coach jones i mean we're going to be all good so coop um it's been kind of a tough stretch the last couple of weeks with the injuries and how the games have played out how is the locker room dealing with that right now you know when it hurts for the few first few seconds but then we realize you know it's just on to the next that mentality of you know just keep staying up and fighting back. You know, this thing is not over. And we're a team with, who's very confident in our game and that uh, we know we can win. It's just a matter of doing the little things, like I said before. So I think once we do that, and I think we'll be all good. Well, I know one thing that Mike and I have noticed all season is even those games where we can't just quite get over the hump, kind of like the app game where we just always – seem to not be able to really get theirs. You guys never give up. The team is resilient. You always fight no matter what. And y'all are never out of the game. And we can't say that about every year prior, but we certainly can say it about this season. And if you guys continue to be like that and work to get a little better each game, and you got 10 games left until the tournament. And let's be real. I mean, the tournament is the most important thing this year if you look at the conference. So, I mean, I think that's a great goal to have is to be firing on all cylinders when you get to the conference tournament. 100%. You know, we're a team that takes pride in giving 100% effort no matter what. And don't just keep playing to the whistle blows. I'm jumping in front of Aaron here one more time because I know he's going to close this out. I just want to get this one question before we go. So, me and Aaron noticed early on you were the handshake line guy. Uh, how much practice did it take to learn all the handshakes? Or did you just, or was it just kind of natural? I mean, and how does it feel to be the handshake guy? Uh, being the handshake guy, you know, it's always fun. And, you know, it's a great, I guess, get the team hype and 
you know, it's, it, I take pride in it. I make sure the handshake. My first time, I was like, I was a little iffy because they told me last second. I was like, okay, let me make sure I got everyone's handshake right. And they took me, I messed up the first time. I was like, ah, I got to fix that. And now it's like, I, th- I take pride in it. It's like my own craft. So we got to make sure it looks good too. Mike, who was it that we were talking about? We, we asked someone about that. I, I don't remember if it was PJ or who it was. We asked how, how you got that. I think, uh-huh. I think it was Chauncey, and he said, that boy just has swag. It was Chauncey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he said, yeah, he said you had swag. That's how you got it. There we go. I mean, yeah, I'm, a little, I'm humble, so we'll leave it at that. Well, humble and confident at the same time is a good match. So don't, uh, don't let anyone take that away from you. Um, but yeah, as we close out here, we appreciate your time and thank you for coming on the podcast. I know Monarch nation is excited to hear from you and get to know you a little bit better. In the meantime, do you have a message for Monarch nation or anything you want to share with the fans? Yeah. Uh, appreciate all the fans and everyone watching, you know, keep supporting us and, you know, keep grinding and keep doing what you gotta do. All right. Well, Thank you so much again, and we look forward to seeing you the next time that you guys are at the TED. Go Monarchs. Go Monarchs. Thanks for having me. Go Monarchs.